Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming up, it's Nick Arcade, followed by Family Double Dare. Only on Nick. It's time for the telecast, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. chipmunk and guy with a really deep voice as they said i am your host optimus solo and i would like to say hello and welcome to the 34th episode of the telecast brought to you by the geek cast radio network today i'm joined by tfg1 mike hello oh <laughs> he was feeling great and together the two of us will be talking about Behind this door is the Video Zone, a place between our world and the video dimension. Waiting to challenge you for control of the Video Zone is one of the game wizards. Is it Murloc, Scorsia, or Mongo? These two teams will compete for the right to enter the Video Zone and face that game wizard's challenge. Who will it be? Find out today on... Nick Arcade! Reset when he means pause, Phil Moore. Hey, thank you, Andrew, and welcome to Nickelodeon Arcade, where your video savvy and video game skills are put to the ultimate test. That's right, folks. We are talking about Nick Arcade. That is our listener's choice for season one. 
And before we get too far into our discussion, here's a little background information on the show. Nick Arcade debuted in 1992. It only ran for uh, the one calendar year, two seasons, technically 84 episodes. It was a 30-minute show on Nickelodeon. And for those of you that don't know, in Nick Arcade, two teams of contestants played two initial trivia rounds where the winner advanced to the video zone to play against the virtual video game wizard of the day. Mike, what do you remember about Nick Arcade? I love this show. I think there's only one problem with this show, the host. (laughs) (laughs) Did you remember everything before you watched anything in preparation for this episode? What did you remember? I remembered the format. I remembered, uh, you know, how each was supposed to go. I did not remember the video... Challenges? The video, no, 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 the video wizards. I oh, didn't okay. remember the the final level. Uh, that was the only thing I didn't remember. But I remember the video challenges. I remember the the trivia questions. I, I remember all that stuff. Uh, most of what I don't remember is any of the contestants outside of the charity episodes that they had done right. with like Salucha Shorts and Clerkster Explains It All and all that stuff. Like, didn't know any of those people other than you know any of those kids that they had on uh, other than the celebrities. Right. Um, overall, I still dig the show. I think it's cool. I think it'd be nice if it came back, especially to, I mean, you could do a show like this today. No problem. Yeah. You I mean, do a much better job of it too. Probably. With well, that we have, I mean, as far as like making sure there was no glitches or making sure, you know, th- things even looked better. Uh, yeah. since it's, you know, 20 years later or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah I, I remember, um, I didn't remember the host. I didn't remember that that was the. No, the I didn't. I did. I remembered uh, Andrea, the voiceover gal, but I didn't remember Phil. Yeah, I thought. I thought it was a more, a more likable host. I, I did <laughs> like remember that else. there was like a double dare type um, round where they're answering questions, etc. Um, you know, mm-hmm. one team on one side, one team on the other side, answering questions for points and all that. I do remember Mikey, um, yeah. the little person. Thank you for remembering me. Yeah, I remember Mikey, the person that they had to move through the maze and that, you know, they had to go up, down or up, left, right, you know, over whatever. Um, And that, you know, sometimes they'd run into like a enemy or a bomb or something, or sometimes they'd get points or sometimes they'd have to do certain challenges, kind of very much like Double Dare in that respect. Um, And then I somewhat remember the video challenges, but I don't remember all the different games they used. I you know, I did remember that they used some games that I was familiar with, which was cool. But then I also remember them using a whole lot of games I'd never heard of. Um, and then I remember there being some type of final round, but I wasn't sure exactly what it consisted of. Now, watching it back, I do remember remember it in retrospect. Um, but yeah, I remember the basic format. I remember thinking it would be cool to, uh, you know, play on that game. And I remember um, thinking some people were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't decide if it was that they were really bad or if it was just hard to control in certain parts of it, um, at least in the final round. Yeah. Um, you know, I know during the, the video challenges, it's basically you're just playing the game. So I'm assuming they had regular controllers that you were using that you would have been used to somewhat. Um, or Potentially, but it could also be that you don't style. have... Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it was arcade style because he would say, "Grab your controllers." Yeah. So I mean, it uh, should have been somewhat familiar, but I can understand it maybe being a little bit harder to control than when you're at home. Um, yeah. And you know, obviously they they put you in just random spots of the games, et cetera, and gave you a goal. So, um, but yeah, I remember this show more than I should since it was really only on for a brief time. 
Um, but it must have been on the right time, you know, when, when we were watching stuff like Salute Your Shorts, Clarissa, Clarissa Explains It All, uh, you know, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark, possibly, you know, all that stuff that was going on at Nickelodeon at the time. I mean, that was the, that was the place, that was the channel that you went to if you were, uh, you know, if you were a kid through a teen, you know, early teenager, Nickelodeon was the place where all your shows were at. Yeah. So back in the day, Nickelodeon basically had a monopoly on that. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh. That means it's time for the who's who of Nick Arcade, and not a lot to go with here. Um, you know, created by James Bethea and and Karim Matef, um, or Matif. Um, they were definitely very big tech guys. Um, they did a lot of stuff with technology. There's a huge article online um, where they go into the the ins and outs of of what it took to do what they were doing, and and the technological aspects and the video game aspects and, and what they had to do. Um, so if you're interested in that, I'll put a link of it in the uh, in the show post on Geekcast Radio Network. But there, it's a very long article where they talk to both uh, the host and the creators about the ins and outs of Nick Arcade. Um, the host, like we mentioned, was Phil Moore. Uh, the announcer was Andrea Lively. And outside of the um, charity shows, which we had the cast of Clear Six Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, and Welcome Freshmen appear. The only contestant that anybody would know would be a young Joseph Fatone. <laughs> Joey Fatone was a contestant on Nick Arcade somehow, and then obviously later it would be um, a boy band member. Um, I never can get him straight. I don't know if it was NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. He's, 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 he's with NSYNC. Okay, NSYNC. Um, NSYNC. So, yeah, so... Those were, it's not a big who's who as it, you know, obviously is every time we do a video game on the, or a game show on the telecast, it's not going to be a lot of who's who because most of the contestants are going to be relatively unknown. You know, they did that one, one a chance to be on the show and then that was it, just like any game show. Um, but yeah, we will talk a little bit more about Phil Moore um, and some of the creators um, a little bit later, but uh, you mentioned that you did not like the host, correct? Yeah, I just... I don't know what it is about him. I. It seemed like he should have been one of the can. It what this show really watching it back. What this show really seemed like to me was Andrea was the adult, Phil was the teenager, and then the contestants were younger kids. It felt like a whole like weird school classroom kind of thing. It felt like you. Were, I was in elementary school again. It really, you know, you know, here, move Mikey this way, and oh, hey, a video challenge, so let's run over here, and blah, 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 and <laughs> it just, I don't know, it, and his personality, like, there's a, th- I, I put it on my Facebook, I'll have to throw it to you to put in the post, I copied a link at a time on one of the YouTube videos where, I think it's the Clarissa episode, where he basically gives a power slam to the four team members um and basically what it is 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 the 90s version of a fist bump and i'm like seriously this is like uh, yeah uh apparently the power slam on nick arcade was the fist bump of the 90s lol it just i i don't know he when i think of game show host for kids i think of someone like now uh todd newton was doing um uh family game night on what used to be the hub now discovery family or I think of, you know, somebody like Pat Sajak or Tom Bergeron or, hell, even Alex Trebek. Uh, you know, I, I, even even on kid game shows, at least Mark Summers was more, you know, 
uh, personable. Yeah, Mark Summers was an expert at what he was doing. Um, This guy, I mean, he had the energy, I guess, but it just seemed like he didn't know what to do with it, and I don't know if there was so much going on that he was having trouble with with keeping a flow going, but he definitely lacked um, charisma and lacked just the ability to do things that were actually funny or made sense or helped progress the show from one point to another. Um, you know, he would stumble over pronunciations of games or characters. Um, you know, I think some of it goes into the actual format of the show, which we'll get into in the next section, but, uh, I think he had the energy. I just don't think he really naturally knew what to do as a host. Yeah. The other thing is just looking at his, uh, cause his well, Wikipedia, that, that's something that uh, we don't want to get into too much of what he's done since. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, I know before he got this, which is not really taking anything from a future section, but before he got into this, he was uh, someone who was basically uh, a comic relief for crowds before things would happen. Um, He would be there to try to pump up the crowds or try to keep them interested and excited before a a show would happen or before an event would happen, um, which we'll get into a little bit more. So, I mean, I can guess... I can see that he would be someone that would be behind the scenes doing that and someone they didn't necessarily let do anything on the actual shows. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was better at that. But, yeah, he just seemed a little bit out of place and awkward for the most part. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the who's who. Like I said, not a lot with game shows, just the host, basically, and that's about it. So that means it's time for... The good. The bad. Ugly. That's right, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of Nick Arcade, and I think we can safely say that there's a little of all uh, with this one. Uh, at least for me, there is some good, there is some bad, um, and I guess there is some ugly, maybe not as much ugly. Um, there really isn't much of a theme song. Uh, it's mainly just the opening where they're introducing uh, what the show is, introducing the host, um, that type of thing. At least with what I watched, I didn't see a whole lot of theme song I mean, there's music in the background, yeah. but it's mainly a voiceover. Um, so, I mean, they maybe could have came up with a catchier theme song for the show. I guess we can put that in the bad section of, of the show as far as the opening goes. I didn't really think it was that great of an opening. Um, I mean, it introduced us to the show, but it wasn't anything that was like, oh, it's catchy and Nick Arcade's on. I don't know. Um, we'll get into the main format first, and then we'll get into a little bit of, of some other stuff. But... Uh, they would usually start with a face-off, all right? So they would they would start with both teams up there doing some type of thing, whether it be um, moving jet skis or dirt bikes or four-wheelers or cars or boats or, or planes through some type of uh, environment, um, basically just controlling it by going up or down. And it was a side-scrolling type of event where, where you would basically try to avoid obstacles. And if you got hit, it would take like three seconds and you come back. And uh, basically a race, you know, 30-second race to see who could get the farthest. And that would be the determination of who had control of Mikey at the beginning of the show. What did you think of the face-off rounds? I don't think I've ever seen those games, any of them. Other than watching them on this show. Like, I know there are those kinds of games in arcades and stuff, and I've seen them. uh, You know, those old classic games. But, like, all the games... Like, when we get to the video challenges, I recognize at least four or five different video games that they've had in in the video challenges. But the face-off challenges is like, okay, this... 
they just grabbed this from some Atari company or Nintendo or I, I don't know who where the hell they got these games they, from. They were but... all custom. They were all custom okay. made for the show, um, developed by the two guys that that created the show. Um, okay. And there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. Um, right. Met- Metroids, Meteoroids, I mean, Laser Surgeon, Post Haste, Jet Jocks, Crater Rangers, Brainstorm, Battle of the Bands, and Star Defenders. They were all just 30-second games, and they were all created by the people for this show only, uh, which right. is why we didn't see them as much. Um, but okay. what did you think of the, just the format of, of the side-scrolling, up-down, avoid obstacles, 30 seconds? I mean, I like it, but I, I would have liked to see, instead of them showing us the game i would have liked i mean they can show us the game but i would have liked to have seen at least one or two shots of the players actually playing it because you throughout this whole face-off you've got phil who is narrating you know who's up who's down blah 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 blah. that's the one problem i have with him he talks over it like i couldn't get a clean uh, music track for the um, like the timer music that he's always talking over it friggin moron but um, the I would have liked to see the actual contestants using the controllers because I want to see if their controllers are matching the gameplay because it just watching some of these face-offs it just makes it look like it's rigged half the time to me well, it seemed it like really all the does. ones that I all the ones that I rewatched. It seems like it was almost impossible to control. I mean, it yeah. is every other second they're hitting something, and I find it hard to believe that nobody was actually good enough with just up and down movements like Frogger, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to to maneuver through this without getting hit. I mean, they were, Absolutely. and it wasn't like, oh, they're going for a while, they get hit, then they're going for a while, they get hit. It's like they're going for two seconds, they're hit. They're going for two seconds, they're hit. They're going for two seconds, they're hit. Um, which makes it not as fun to watch. So I think, yeah, it could have been a little bit more helpful to see them playing it. That way we could have been watching multiple things, and you know, if, if they were falling down or whatever, we could have averted our attention from the screen for a second and watched what they were doing or something like that. Um, I don't know. I think the face-offs being these custom games is, you know, it's whatever. I guess it's for the show, but they look, uh, they look like lesser versions of video games they do yeah so i mean it was it was kind of not fake looking but it it was kind of cheap looking like it's the you know the walmart version of something that target should have um (laughs) or something like that like it just i don't know I, i don't know if it was too hard for them to incorporate some type of real game in it but i don't see why they couldn't have done similar things with what they were doing with the video challenge and just had two people doing that and whoever got you know like sonic for example have them both go, and whoever gets more rings in 30 seconds just takes control. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been more interesting f- from a fan standpoint. Absolutely. Um, so once the face-off was over, uh, that group, that team, would have control of Mikey, and there was basically a grid on the screen, different size grids, but, you know, like a four-square by five-square or like a six-square by three-square grid, and Mikey would be on one side, and there would be a goal on the other side, and you would have to tell... Uh, the host that you wanted Mikey to move left or move up or move down as you tried to get to that goal. Um, getting the goal, I think it got you 100 points. Um, yeah. And there would be different blocks on on the uh, on the grid that would have different things like points. Um, there's basically eight different things that you could land on. You could land on points, which would just automatically give you that to your team. You could uh, land on a video puzzle, 
which they had different puzzles that would that would go and you'd have to try to answer questions or or identify what you saw, etc. Um, there'd be a pop quiz where there was just a, a question um, that you'd have to answer and get points, uh, and there would be a prize. Um, so that would be just something that you got to keep as your team, different prizes. Also, you could land on the enemy, which would make it shift to the other team as far as who had control. Um, you had uh, time bombs, um, and you had the goal, as well as, obviously, the thing that everybody wanted to land on probably is the video challenge. Um, yeah. And that would be where you would land on the video challenge, and one member of your team would have to play uh, some type of video challenge while the other one wagered an amount of points that you would get if you succeeded or that you would lose if you did not succeed. Um, before we get to the video challenge, just the other things that they could land on, the points, the video puzzles, pop quiz, prize, enemies, etc. What did you think about that aspect of the board that you were traveling through? I mean, I thought it was interesting. I liked it. Um, the episodes that I watched, I didn't see anybody get far enough to get to a prize, so I don't know... I'm sure you have a list of them somewhere, but I don't know what the actual prizes would have been. Yeah. Um, un- unless it's just those crappy consolation prizes we'll talk about later. Probably basically those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was 11 different areas. You had Pirate's Cove, Cape Cosmos, uh, Camelittle, Pacific Ocean, Forgotten Desert, Slurpee Gulch, Volcano Jungle, Creepyville, Mikey's Neighborhood, We Got Them Mall, and Time Portal were the different areas that you could explore. Um my biggest problem with these maps, and I guess this would also be in the bad of the good, the bad, and the ugly, would be there was never enough time for you to get from one side to the goal, hardly. Right. I mean, on a rare occurrence, you would do that, but the time was so limited because they were trying to do so many different things on this show that yeah. I even saw one round where they literally made, like, two moves. It was like, up, over, oh, time's out. We have to fast forward to the goal, answer a question, and sudden death. Yeah. And to me that that is the main part of the game like is is trying to get to the goal here and when you don't have time to do that there's something wrong with how you've structured your show a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not trying to say anything was bad about the actual parts of the show but it seemed like it could have been laid out different so you could actually complete something. Yeah, it's the execution. Right. Um and then as far as the video challenges, the video challenges would consist of um actual games that sometimes we've actually heard of or that existed and they would be taken from either uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis, Turbo Graphics, or Neo Geo. Um, there was maybe a couple custom games here and there, but that was mainly used in the face-offs. Um, the game that I saw, as far as in the episodes I watched most often, that I recognized that I saw them use both Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of other types of just like your basic like space shooters or like uh, yeah. you know that almost like um, what's the game not defenders but whatever where you just kind of scroll from side to side shooting all the aliens as they come at you it's kind of like that type of space invaders yeah space yeah. invaders they're, they're games that are very similar to that or like mm-hmm. some type of um, where you're controlling a ship and trying to shoot things but I saw them play both Sonic and Sonic 2 so I mean that part was cool because they would give you basically like hey you're Sonic you're in area 1 you need to get you know 30 rings in 30 seconds or something like that what did you think of the video challenges? I I love the video challenges because I'm always interested to see what games that they had and to see if I know what games they had the only two I recognized out of the episodes that I watched is Sonic 2 
and Super Adventure Island. Oh, Those yeah. are the only two. I mean, I recognize something like Super R-Type because it is one of those things that, that, that is one of those, you know, it's like a World War Two, you know, plane and you're, you know, you're bombing things and shooting other planes. Is it? It's basically that space invaders thing, like you were saying, but it's just, you know, a different setting and, you know, different kind of graphics than space invaders specifically. But I love the video challenge because I always wanted to see, you know, what, what contestant was going to play, what contestant was going to pick which game. Um, yeah, that, honestly, that's the best part about this show for me is the video challenges. Yeah, I think that is the best part. I mean, in essence, you are watching someone else play a video game, but because there's a goal and there's a, a time limit, it is interesting to see, you know, can they do it or can they not do it? And it's, it's frustrating, too, um, when they're so bad. Um, yeah. Like, Sonic, to me, should be an easy one to do whatever the goal would be. Poor Melissa. Yeah, she she does, apparently had not played Sonic before. I don't know. She was not ready for the loop-de-loop. Um, no, she was not ready for the loop-de-loop. She wasted a good half of the round with that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it was frustrating at the time seeing people and knowing you could do better. Um, but like I said, I don't know how easy it was to control what they were controlling or, or you know, what the setup mm-hmm. was exactly. Um, Clarissa's dad, I don't remember what that, and the actor is that played that, was also terrible at his video. Joe. Yeah, that was awful. He literally got no points, I think. Um, he would he was flying a ship and trying to shoot stuff, and he literally like pushed forward so that his ship just ran into another ship. Yeah. No, that's not how you play, sir. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I like the the video challenges. It's it's almost like in Double Dare where you get the physical challenge. You know, it's it's where you get to see something um, that you kind of wish you could partake in or you could participate in and uh, see how other people did in it. Um, a lot of generic games that I think most people maybe hadn't heard of except for like real big video game nerds. Um, I don't use that in a negative way, but people that know very much about their video games might have recognized more games than I did. Because um, mm-hmm. I think, like you said, Super Adventure Island, Sonic, and there was one other one that I'm forgetting now that I recognize, but, but that was about it. Um, so yeah, if they if they achieved the goal, they'd get those points added to their team. If they did not, they would get them subtracted. Um, and then meanwhile, you would go through a couple different rounds of this, um, trying to get Mikey to the goal, which would eventually lead to the ending, um, I guess you'd call it a bonus round maybe, um, which would be the video zone. Right. Um, it was a live action video game with three levels. Um, the contestants would use a video monitor to see themselves. They'd be backstage, um, you know, climbing ladders, throwing things, you know, doing all these kinds of things in front of a blue screen. Um, and they would be attempting to achieve the goals that were outlined, the three objectives for getting to the end there. Um, it was interesting because then on the screen you would see their body um, going through an actual video game set um, as they try to do things, even though they're backstage on a blue screen and, and I guess looking at a monitor to figure out what they need to do. Um, they would go through two different stages and then they'd be at some type of end, end person, end wizard, I guess what they called it. Um, and they would try to finish that if they did that they would win um some money they could also win money throughout the thing um for different items they got um and then they could also get a game over if the time ran out before they were able to do what they they were doing what did you think of the video zone where it became where it becomes basically a virtual reality live action video game it felt like to me like i don't know when this game first started but like I didn't find out about laser tag until like 92, 93, 94. That's really what what the video zone felt like to me 
when Phil's like, all right, go ahead on in and blah, 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 whatever the hell he says. Um, it, you know, when they were going in there, it felt like, you know, I was back at... Uh, at Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Laser Blaze here in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, suiting up, getting into the, you know, the, the little targets you put on yourself. And, and you go into this other room. And then you go into the other room. You know, it's like an airlock kind of thing. And then you go into the actual room where you play the game. That's really what it felt like to me was a, a, a CGI version of, of Laser Tag. Um I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I kind of wish we would have seen the contestants get injured a little because I, I never could tell if um, I, th- I think it's again the, the the Clarissa one. I think it's where like the bottom of it is her or whoever's in there. I forget. I, for, I forget which one was in there, but whoever's in there, it was them uh, um, moving across like a electronic. Uh, bars at the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. and I was really hoping that one of them would get hit to see what would happen because it is blue screen and or green screen and whatever else and I, I don't know I just kind of wanted to see something happen to the player like if the video game was truly interactive or of course we know it's not it's just you know visual effects but yeah I mean it, to me it was almost like the the video game version of Legends of the Hidden Temple um, where they're going through that maze and they're trying to do different artifacts, but they're trying to re- recreate this using the blue screen and video effects, which is cool because you get to see the person in the video game, but it doesn't really look like a video game to me. Um, you know, the no. person's not... I don't know. They, the interactions between them and the, and the things that we're seeing on the video screen, like, you know, stuff's going through them or stuff's going over them or they're going over things where it's not really having any type of an effect... Um, take you away from it a little bit. Um, you know, they're trying to reach and, and touch this and make it disappear and do that. I mean, it, it, it's a good attempt, I think, for the time. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, today, they could probably make it a lot more... I mean, because we're almost basically at the point we were are at virtual reality video games with all the different um, Xbox Connect and the, and the, you know, the Move and the yeah. Wii, you know, stuff like that. Um where I think they could do it better and make it look more realistic. It was just like, to me, it was cool seeing them there, but things didn't react accordingly. Like when they touched something, it didn't, it wasn't fluid or when they were trying to avoid something, it might go over their head or through them or something like that. So, I mean, there was issues with that that kind of take you out of it. Um, But it would be cool. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't something that I wanted to try out or I wanted to have my chance to see how easy or hard it would be. Um, you know, virtual reality video games are something that I think always intrigue kids. Um, I think when we get into kind of critiquing the show, my biggest complaint is it's a 30 minute show. Yeah. And they try to do a thousand things. Yeah. Like you have the face off, you have them introducing the teams and saying something about each person, which is always lame. Um, 
you have them trying to move this guy through the board, then you have to break for video challenges, then you have to go through this uh, video zone at the end, and there's really not enough time to do this all in any way, shape, or form. That's why they're, you know, the idea that they even have more than one round is silly. Like, just have one round and try to actually get through the round. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to fast forward and then do a second round and fast forward through that. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of time for the video challenges, but one thing I think they could have done that they didn't was they could have made a smaller set. Yeah, I mean, that set was huge. I mean, the place where the contestants are standing is way over on one side. Then you have a big open space, and then Phil in his little host stand in the middle. Yeah. And then you have a big old space on the right side, and then the video games that they would use for the video challenges are way off to the right. Yeah. And for a, for a show that's already crunching time, like, if you would have just shrunken that set a little bit, or at least you know, move that stuff closer together. You wouldn't have to waste so much time walking back and forth between things, um, doing this, that, and the other. I just, I think the biggest fault of this show is the time management and, and the structure as far as setting up too much stuff to get through in 30 minutes. Yeah, that, and I'm sorry to say it, but the host, it needed a better host. Yeah, yeah, the host is, is also very bad at, uh, he thinks he's clever, he thinks it's cool to try to rhyme things, even when they don't rhyme, and he's always trying to like do these little songs, but there's only literally like two seconds in between things, so you don't have time to do a little jingle. Yeah, like it just makes it. It's like, oh, we have two seconds of dead time. I can't let there be dead space, so I have to say something. I have to sing something. I... But, but the whole point. Okay, and I know, I know, I know, I know where you're getting at with that because the whole point of like, go back to the video challenge when they're writing down what they're going to wager and he says you have this amount of time to write this down in and then there's theme music you let the theme music friggin play you don't talk over it right you, you, you do not see alex trebek talking over the jeopardy theme music as they're writing down their answers in final friggin jeopardy yeah it was like he was literally afraid of having any silence where the music was just going on and that's no. another thing. They didn't need any time to write down the wager. Like, write down the wager. You have two <laughs> seconds. Go. Like, you don't need yeah, ten seconds that's... to figure out what you're wagering. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he was bad. He, again, was afraid of silence, so he would try to interject stuff all the time. But he wasn't a smart enough entertainer to come up with clever things to do in those dead spaces. First of all, because they were so short, so he shouldn't have been trying it anyways. And second of all, the stuff <laughs> he was coming up with was just bad. So, I don't know. I think there was. I think if I was a contestant on the show, mm-hmm. and I went through it when it was mm-hmm. all over, I would have felt like I got ripped off. Did they have a season one, season two break? Like, did they did they end the first season and then come back like three months later for season two? I think so, but I don't know the air dates specifically. Okay, if they did do that, you know what they should have done. Since um, a certain wonderful 80s comedy ended in 1992. Um, they should have had Bill Cosby as the host on the second season. Yeah, anybody would have been better. Well, true. But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think I would have felt ripped off, though, because I think I would have got through it and been like, we didn't get to do anything. Like, 
Yeah. We were so busy getting ready for the next thing that we never got to do the thing that we were on. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I answered a few questions, then we got to maybe play one video game off to the side, and then that was it. And then we did the video challenge, but that was only thirty. You know, like everything's thirty seconds, thirty seconds, thirty seconds. And I would have just been done and been like, I, I didn't get to play any of the games. Like, I, I don't even feel like I was on the show. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, I mean, I think it's a fun, it's a fun idea. Um, it was a good idea. It was something that you wished you could take part in, but I think the structure and the execution could have been better. Absolutely. All right. Well, in that case, it is time for our next section, which we always start with. Things that make you go, hmm. That's right. It's time for things you didn't know about Nick Arcade. We only have a couple of them. Couldn't find too much trivia on the show. It was somewhat of a short-lived show. Um, but the first thing you might not know about Nick Arcade is uh, it was edited for syndication. The consolation plugs were regularly replaced in reruns, so in many cases they were promoting things that did not exist in 1992. So you would have the show being filmed in 92, but in syndication they would replace some of the commercials and, and consolation things, and you'd have... Uh, Barfarama books, which were from 1996. Um, this didn't happen when it got to the Nickelodeon Gas reruns, but that would have been somewhat weird to see a show from 92 advertising things from 96. Mm. But uh, and the second thing you might not know about Nick Arcade, um, keep circulating the tapes. The series has not been rerun since the demise of the Nick Gas channel. Even then, despite airing on gas from its inception to its ending, only 64 of the 84 episodes ever were shown in reruns. One of the 20 missing episodes was posted to Nickelodeon's website in the late 2000s. At least five others circulate among traders. The rest have not seen the light of day since the 90s. One theory as to why those 20 episodes never ran on, re-ran on Nick Arcade, because it used a lot of music videos in their puzzles, and Gas couldn't clear or didn't feel like clearing the music rights for every episode. While that theory has never been confirmed, it's interesting to note that six missing episodes have been found so far, and all of them did feature music videos. Hmm. So it's just another one of those things where this is the reason why certain episodes weren't seen in reruns. This is why this show has not been on DVD, probably. Um, Whenever you have a show that includes a bunch of clips from movies or music videos or songs that are copyrighted, the same thing we talked about with Mickey Mouse Club and Kids Incorporated, prevent, uh, provides a lot of hurdles to get over in, in order to redo that or, or put that out in any type of physical media. Right. All right. As far as where are they now, not a lot of people to talk about, but we have a couple. I know you had some things that you wanted to say about, uh, about Phil Moore, yeah. the host. What did you find about Phil Moore? Um, well, his Wikipedia page, which is what you link to in the script, doesn't have much. So I clicked on his IMDb, uh, and he's not known for a lot of things. Um, his start was Nick Arcade, 92 to 93. Uh, he was, played himself on All That in 94. Uh, he was on Figure It Out as a guest panelist in 97. He was the host of You're On in 98. Uh, he was a cinematographer on the Dr. Luciana show, Aging and, Fa- Aging and Falling, which, uh, oh, no, that, that's currently what he's doing. I'm sorry. 
that's currently what he's doing. Um, as far as uh, 98, uh, he was on Year On Again, Your 30 Seconds to Fame in 2002, Exposed, 25 Most Notorious Moments of Fashion Week in 2005. Uh, after, uh, actually before, um, no, yeah, before Nick Arcade, he was on After School as basketball player number two. In 97, he was on Rosewood as Aaron Carrier. And in 98, he was on Malcolm and Eddie hmm. uh, as Nelson Carter. So the dude hasn't had, other than this Dr. Luciana show or whatever the heck it is this year, He it was a TV series short that apparently is in pro- post-production. I've never heard of this thing. Really, l- let's face it, folks. He hasn't done much. I think Rosewood is probably his most famous ca- uh, credit other than Nick Arcade. Yeah. Um, Stacey, he was a well-known Orlando comedian before he ever got the game show host gig. Um, and he did audience warm-up for a variety of shows. The first show that he ever did audience warm-up for was actually the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, but yeah, did a lot of stuff in Nickelodeon, Nick Arcade, Figure It Out, You're On, etc. It says that he's doing more, um, that he moved to Hollywood to be, to further his career as an actor, but he became more of a writer, um... He's, he's a writer for the Style Network's longest-running series, How Do I Look, um, and a bunch of different versions of that. It looks like a bunch of different fashion stuff that he's doing writing for. Um, right. Yeah. Um, Animal Planet, he's hosted some stuff. Uh, annual hosting of the San Pedro Lobster Dog Festival. <laughs> so that's uh, something to hang your hat on. Two things that should not go together, lobster and hot dogs. Yeah, Just, basically. No. I mean, he's about 54 years old or so now, 53. Um, so he's up there. As far as the, the creator, James uh, Bethea, um, he also did work on Star Trek Voyager, um, Iron Man 2. Um, he's he's done a lot of different things. He's, he's produced. Um, he has three acting credits, one for a TV movie called Smog, one for Iron Man and one for Iron Man 2. Those being because of his relationship with John Favreau, I'm guessing. Um, he actually knows John Favreau from, I, I can't remember exactly what he did or, or how he met them, or met him, but uh, that would probably be why he got those spots on, on the two Iron Man movies. I mean, it wasn't like he was somebody important in them, so to speak. He was a security force and uh, an analyst. Um... He also did um, some other things, uh, some variety series that Nickelodeon did um, that guest starred a whole bunch of people. Um, but like I said, he he was very much a tech guy going through college, um, and him and his partner obviously did advanced a lot of things as far as with the blue screen idea. Um, right. You know, even some stuff that you know what you would see years later with stuff like Avatar and, and stuff like that was, was kind of similar to what they were doing back here in 1992. So in, in a way, they were somewhat ahead of their time um, yeah. in creating this this uh, whole thing. Um, but but not a lot for for where they are now because you know the host uh, or I mean the the voiceover person really hasn't done anything since then. Um, she basically just was the the announcer on Nick Arcade, and and that was basically it. Um, obviously, we know Joey Fatone as a contestant went on to to be an in sync, so you know, and he's doing stuff still somewhat in in the whole pop culture realm. So, 
not much else for, for where are they now. Up next, the place where no game goes unplayed. Nick Arcade. Hey guys, this is Rob Paulson, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. By the power of Grayskull, I command the Jaw Bridge. Open! Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF Gen Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. Nickelodeon goes beyond known reality to the next level of game show. Nick Arcade. I'm Phil Moore, the human component of Nick Arcade, the show that uses nine lead computers and the latest computer animation and video game technology to put contestants in an interactive virtual reality. That means I'm the host and Nick Arcade takes players inside a video game. Are you ready for the next level of game show? Find out. Watch Nick Arcade weekends at 5.30, Central on Nickelodeon. Now for a behind-the-scenes look at GeekCast Radio Network's newest show, Talking in Circles. So, Chuck, Greg, what are you guys thinking for this week's show? Well, Dan, how about we just talk about the things that we've read or watched this week? We do reviews like that every week, Chuck. How about a game, like Fact or Fiction, or The Power of Names? Those are great, and we're always coming up with new ideas for games. And how about some top fives? You know how I love my top fives. What about... Tournament-style brackets, or sequel reboot and destroy, who will win in a fight, taking too far, crazy but true news, or... Yes, it appears we have lots of things to work on. Listen to Talking in Circles, taking timeless topics in new directions, every Tuesday on iTunes or GeekCastRadio.com, the GeekCast Radio Network. Hey, Dan, who's the guy with the creepy voice? Now back to the place where no game goes unplayed. Nick Arcade. So I guess we can get into a little bit of how you can watch the show. Obviously because of the same reasons why it wasn't reran in its entirety, you're not going to be able to find it on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, it's not on Netflix. Um, I did not have a chance to check iTunes, but I would highly doubt that it's on iTunes. No, it's not. Okay. Um, so you're really your only option is YouTube. But there is a lot of episodes available on YouTube. Yep. So in their full, they're, it's not clips that you have to watch, like part one, part two, part three. It's like 22-minute videos, 24-minute videos or whatever, where you can see one whole episode. Um, I know the Salute Your Shorts episode is on there. The Clarissa Explains It All episode is on there. I did not look for the Welcome Freshman because I didn't really ever watch that it show. Is. Okay. It is. Um, so, I mean, those are all out there if you want to see them. There's also just regular episodes that you can watch. So you can definitely get a uh, decent viewing, and it's good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like it's hard to watch or anything like that. So, so you can definitely see it on YouTube, uh, and get a feel for, you know, a little walk down memory lane to see what Nick Arcade was like. If you're, if you're kind of thinking that you remember it, uh, you can check out YouTube and it'll solidify what you remember on it. Um, as far as our rankings go, uh, where do you sit with Nick Arcade one through four? Two. So you liked it back in the day, but you don't really need to watch it again. 
I liked watching it again for recording this podcast. Uh-huh. I thought it, you know, I, I liked traveling back to the '90s and rewatching it because I, I, I always thought, you know, we, we've already talked about this long enough, but I always thought it was longer. I really felt like when I was watching it as a kid, it was longer than what it is when I was watching it as an adult. And you're right, the time constraints are horrible on this show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would have to say it too, because I have zero desire to go back <laughs> and watch it again now. Makes sense. I'm with you, actually. I, it's a two for me. I did like it back in the day. I don't remember watching a ton of it, but I, I remember enough that I must have watched it. Um, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying it's something that I watched all 84 episodes and made sure I was home every time Nick Arcade was on, but I remember watching it from time to time, thinking it was a cool idea, thinking it was cool to be, it would be cool to be on. Um, but I don't really have a desire to watch it again. It was fun to watch it and kind of brush up, you know, some of my memories of it and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But if it was on like a TV channel and I was flipping through, I, I probably wouldn't stop. Um, and it, even if you put it up against other game shows that we've talked about, I would much rather watch Legends of the Hidden Temple. I would much rather watch Double Dare. Um, I probably would even rather watch Guts. Um, or uh, definitely rather watch Carmen Sandiego. So, I mean, as far as game shows go, I think there's better ones out there from that time period. Mm. Not to say this wasn't fun and wasn't a good idea and wasn't uh, good for what they were able to do in 1992. Um, All right. Just to give you guys a heads up, we did get multiple votes for the listener's choice, this being the first listener's choice episode that we ended up on Nick Arcade uh, based on the number of votes. Uh, Coming in second would have been Welcome Freshman, um, we also had votes for Finders Keepers, which was another... We got a bunch of votes for different types of, of game shows, actually. Uh, Finders Keepers, What Would You Do, uh, Video Power, um, Square One TV, which I don't know what that is. Um, I would have to brush up on that. So we got lots of votes in for Listener's Choice. Nick Arcade ended up being our first ever Listener's Choice, and we thank you for those votes and, and helping us decide which show it would be. Um, Who was the closest... Uh, after Nick Arcade, Welcome Freshman. Oh yeah, that's was the closest. That's right. Yeah, it was it was a one vote difference. So, all right. Well, I would like to thank TFG and Mike for being with me today. Thank you, sir. And of course, I would like to thank all you guys for listening and joining us here on the Telecast. If you want to leave us feedback on the show, a couple of ways to do that. First of all, go to www.geekcastradio.com. That's where all our stuff goes up. You can find the Telecast uh, episode post. You can comment on it. Uh, start a discussion. We will reply. We almost always reply to anybody that comments on any of the posts, basically. Um, sometimes it's just one reply and that's it. Sometimes it spawns a whole discussion. Um, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. So if you have a few minutes, please go to iTunes and give us a rating. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, we're obviously getting ready to start a whole new season with season two. So the most feedback we get would be appreciated so we can adjust things accordingly. Um, if you want to call and uh, have your comments be a part of the show, you can call the voicemail line. It's 502-526-5821. We will play that as part of the Season 1 wrap-up, if you get it in real quick. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with all things GeekCast-related, become a fan of us on Facebook by searching out Facebook uh, GeekCast Radio Network. Um, basically, you're out of time if you haven't uh, got in your votes for the theme song contest. I did just get a, another uh, entry here this last week, so we'll have to tabulate those and see who's going to win the theme song contest. But uh, basically, we're down to the point where we only have one episode left. 
in season one anyway. One episode left in season one. We're going to do our wrap-up show next time, so we will take a quick look back at all the different blocks that we did. We'll reveal the winner of the theme song contest. We will announce the genre that will be covered in telecast season two and some things that you can be looking forward to in the meantime, in the kind of the off season time period. So a lot of things going on. You want to tune into the season wrap up and uh, listen to all the good things about season one and get all the information about what's coming up. So we hope we succeeded in entertaining you, informing you, and most importantly, unleashing the geek in you on this episode of the telecast. And we hope that you'll tune in next episode when we will close out, Season 1. For now, I am your host, Optimus Solo, with... The one and only TFG and Mike. And tune in soon for another episode of the Telecast. Marshall, Will, and Holly.